How to give a presentation to the Imperial Court while accidentally committing light treason by making a friend. From Civil Wars, Whistleblower Tactics, Schematic Drafting, and the Finer Points of Sith Adoption, the Essential How-To Guide for the Engineering Jedi, by Jack Daw read by Sam Gabriel, based on the works of George Lucas. Chapter 4. To Face a Past Long Gone As much as Veers was looking forward to the coming event, he hadn't thought that he could hate the last two days at the palace any more than he did at the moment. Ozel had been roundly insufferable ever since the man had discovered Lars had not only been granted one of Lord Vader's personal guest suites, but also been given complete access to Lord Vader's own offices while he hadn't. Some of the man had discovered when he'd gone to Lord Vayner to complain about the former fact, only to discover the latter when he'd been denied any kind of access at the door, while Lars had come out happily chatting to the Lord himself, not even minutes later. Unfortunately, or rather, fortunately, depending on how you looked at it, the young engineer had been unavailable for ranting and hostile intent, due to the boy's unbelievably busy schedule since arrival, and uncannily sharp security detail something which Ozel decided to take out on all the officers who couldn't get away fast enough, including Veers himself. Not that Veers was a pushover, but there was only so much of the man's grating voice he could stand before he seriously began to consider committing a homicide, a thought he could see reflected back at him in the eyes of some of his fellow officers who were eyeing the man with more and more disdain each passing day. Fortunately, today Ozel would be far away from both his mind and presence in favor of something far more pleasant. Zev was arriving with the other officer families today, and in spite of all the arguments they'd had, he was still looking forward to seeing his son again for the first time in months. And who knew? Maybe Lars could spare some of that good influence he seemed to have on Lord Vader and stop his son from doing something stupid that would stain them both. He'd have to make sure introductions would be made between the two youngsters. Time passed fast that morning, with those officers whose families could attend being given leave from the day's busy schedule of preparations to greet and reconnect with their loved ones. There would be a cocktail party that evening for all the new arrivals to make acquaintances with the officers and, well, their engineer, and just from that little fact, Veers could already guess that the guest list would be a bit longer than he'd been led to believe, and he could already guess as to whom everyone would be trying to cozy up to later this evening. That was for later, though. For now, he found himself waiting alongside the other officers at one of the palace's landing pads for the shuttle that contained his son. His son, who was scheduled to arrive in the fifth shuttle of eight. He'd been waiting since the very first. Hours later, the comm towers finally picked up the IFF codes at the scheduled fifth shuttle. Standing up from where he'd been seated in the platform's waiting area, he was joined by several other officers who'd be meeting their families and began to make his way to the greeting area outside of the platform himself. Making his way down the halls, he could see the shining speck that was the shuttle beginning its approach from high orbit through the floor-to-ceiling glass walls the landing pad facility favored. It would take some time for the speck to become anything more than that, and by the time it did, Veers had already stationed himself in the section of the landing pad cordoned off for any greeters. Accompanied by several other officers and a few royal guards to ensure proper protocol was observed, he watched as the shuttle at last touched down and began to unload her passengers. First off the ramp were the families with young children, and Veers couldn't lie, watching two of his colonels be greeted by their offspring rushing down the ramp for a tackle hug was very much endearing, 
even if it did cause a pang of longing somewhere inside for the days where he could have counted himself amongst them. While the officers with the youngsters were thoroughly occupied with either not getting knocked off their feet by their mischievous spawn, or trying to convince their over-exuberant toddler that Papa's mouth really didn't need to be yanked on to help him smile, the rest of the passengers slowly continued to disembark, amusement at the spectacle written over plenty of their faces, one of which Veers recognized as the one he'd been waiting on. Zev was still standing at the top of the ramp, watching the small spots of chaos with a grin, and damn, the boy had somehow managed to look like he'd grown some more in his absence despite being in his early twenties. Approaching the ramp while dodging the other reunions going on around him, Veers watched as Zev finally noticed his approach, and much to his dismay, the wide grin on his son's face dimmed somewhat. Shifting his duffel bag over his shoulder, Zev gave him a small smile. Hey, Dad. He smiled back and was relieved to see his son's face lighten a bit again. Hey, kiddo. It's good to see you again in one piece and not under arrest. And it was, especially after the last time he'd gotten a letter about his son being involved in an explosive mishap with his training squad. Zev groaned theatrically and Veers grinned even wider. There was one time, Dad, let it go. But his son was smiling, too, even as his eyes couldn't completely match it, and they lapsed into a comfortable silence while he led them both back to their rooms, something they'd far too little of these last few years, he reflected. It gave him hope. Maybe this week would be good for the both of them. Having already made their way halfway there, Zev cleared his throat and glanced sideways at him. So, Dad, what's all this about? I mean, what's this really about? I know that this is the launch event of some new armor, but... He glanced around and Veers was unaccountably pleased that his son seemed to have at least learned to check if anyone was listening before he began these kinds of conversations. Having become a part of Compnor seemed to have taught him that much at least. Weeding it a bit closer, Zev gave him an investigative look. But there's all kinds of rumors flying. They say that Lord Vader got ordered back to Imperial Center just for this. They say that because of that, the entire executor was ordered back around. They say that the Emperor himself gave the order to organize this event in honor of just one guy. Zev looked at him imploringly. Dad, what's the truth here? He gave his son a sharp look and cast a swift glance around to make sure they hadn't missed anyone, but the cavernous hallway seemed empty aside from just the two of them, his security detail having been dismissed for the day. If he watched his words and was careful about what he said and what he just implied... Officially, he began measuredly, seeing Zev's eyes sharpen as he realized what kind of conversation this was going to be. This is a launch event for the Suter Project, the Stormtrooper Universal Tactical Armor, whose design finalized just two weeks ago. The event will kick off the mass production and distribution of these things, while both the Court and the Senate will receive a full presentation on the new armor's capabilities from its head designer. He looked sideways at his son. Officially? I and the other officers here are because of my troops' involvement in the project's development, and because the 501st will be the first legion to be outfitted entirely in these new armors, meaning we will be expected to document how this new development will advance ground infantry tactics. Zev swallowed. And unofficially? he asked, reading the game expertly. Unofficially, he continued, dropping his voice low. The armor was designed, produced, tested, and perfected in just one month. And there was only one designer and practically just one producer. Zev's eyes widened at that little tidbit, and he grinned darkly. Aye. And make no mistake. I worked closely with the project. That's no lie or boast. 
This entire thing was created by just one man. And as you'll shortly see, that's one hell of a feat. And unofficially, he sighed, checking his surroundings one last time. Unofficially, he continued. I suspect the only reason I and the rest of the officers aside from Lord Vader are here is because we happened to be aboard the Lady, not because of any real need or desire to have us be present. His son's eyes widened at that. So it's all true, he whispered. All of this is really just for one man. Let me put it this way, son, he said as he put a hand on Zev's back to make sure he didn't lose pace. They really shouldn't be discussing this out in the open. His Majesty and Lord Vader ordered the Lady, the Empire's flagship, to turn around, rather than to stick the lad on a shuttle for what normally would be a rather minor event. Certainly not one where Lord Vader would have to attend. Zev shifted around at his side that he suspected the kid was beginning to see parts of the larger picture that had both fascinated and terrified his father for weeks now, perhaps even better than he himself did. The lad did work at Kotnor, after all. The inner political mechanisms of the Empire were what he lived and breathed. But pipe down for now, he told Zev as they turned into the final hallway. I'll tell you more once we have a couple more walls between us and any prying ears. Zev felt quiet, but he could already hear the questions bubbling up inside of his son. Not that he blamed him. Luke Lars was an enigma that so far no one but the boy himself and possibly Lord Vader knew the answer to. He himself liked to think that he had a bit more insight into what was really going on than most other people, but he knew damn well that even the info he had access to was only potentially more accurate assumptions than the rest. Who the boy truly was and what his relation to Lord Vader was remained a mystery for now, and everyone clever and cunning enough to get to the bottom of it was also wise enough to know that it could cost them their neck if Lord Vader found out. And Lars wasn't talking. Yet. The boy had a strange sense of secrecy sometimes. Shepherding Zev into his and his officer's quarters, he led the boy back towards the set of rooms the two of them had been assigned. Closing the door, he gestured for Zev to sit at the table in the small communal living area and sat across from him. We can talk here freely, Zev immediately asked, eyeing the walls as if he could see the listening bugs sitting underneath the plaster work. Mostly, he admitted. This is the Imperial Palace, so I advise you not to start another one of our disagreements. But I swept the room already, and it all seems to be clear. He finished with a pointed look, only earning himself a glare from Zev. Fine, he spat, crossing his arms and looking away as if he was still a sullen teenager and not a grown young man. I'll behave. I shall hope so, he fired back hotly. Zev, you're in the Imperial Palace. Please, for the love of the Force, don't do anything stupid that'll get you killed. Just keep quiet, son, or we'll both land ourselves in hot water. Zev gave him a dark look, but nodded stiffly. Apparently he'd yet managed to instill some self-preservation in the boy, or perhaps his proximity to the ISB these last few years has given him a better appreciation for how true those statements were. He sighed, but sat down across from his son heavily. Good. Now what do you want to know? Who is he? Zev immediately asked, seemingly forgetting his earlier sullen attitude. Dad, you're speaking of him as if he's some genius, and he's clearly got the Emperor's favor to match if what you're saying is true. But I still don't know who he is. Did Director Krennic finally get lucky or something? He asked as he raised an eyebrow. Veer snorted loudly. He fucking wished. Now this kid is a newcomer. Picked up by Lord Vader himself. His name is Luke Lars, and he's been the new head engineer of the Lady since a little over half a year. Zev rolled his eyes at that. How oh, great, he muttered sarcastically. Let me guess, old school, older family, 
and with an attitude to match. He sat back with a smirk and mirrored his son's posture by crossing his arms. Wrong on all accounts. Kid came from an outer rim dust bowl in the middle of nowhere, hut space. Never even seen a city before now. Won't talk about his family much, but I know they're moisture farmers somewhere out even further into nowhere that he sends some of his paycheck to each month. And as for his attitude, he grinned wider at his son as his eyebrows climbed higher and higher with each word. He shrugged. I don't know what to tell you, Seth, but Lars is a good egg. Bit of a trouble magnet, but he means well enough. Nearly always holed up in some vental crawl space when he's not down in his workshop. And about as genuine as you can get. Zev shot up a dubious look. Right, he drawled. Sure he is. Next you'll be telling me he just wants everyone to get along and have a good time. He couldn't help it. He grinned even wider as he saw his son's disbelief grow. He does. Poe the other one, Dad, Zev groused. He's got bells on. Now really, what's this Nas like? And how much am I going to have to restrain myself from strangling him? His grin dropped like one of Lord Vader's ties. Don't even joke about that, Zev. His son just rolled his eyes again, but he went over the table to look his kid straight in the eyes. No, Zev, listen. Do not even joke about that. I'm serious. Well, so we can't even handle a joke, Zev scoffed. Some good egg. It's not Lars I'm talking about, he clarified quickly, needing his son to understand. I'd swear the kid has the demeanor of a monk, with how friendly and peaceful he is most of the time. Ozel's been trying to get a rise out of him for months with various bombs and veiled threats, and I'm not sure Lars even realizes that the man sees him as a rival. Seth frowned. Then why— It's not Lars I'm warning you about, son, he interrupted. It's Lord Vader, some of the other officers, and pretty much the entire 501st. His son blinked. Remember how I told you Lord Vader was the one who personally picked up Lars from his dust ball? He asked urgently, hardly waiting for a stunned Zev to nod slightly. Well, no one knows exactly how or why, but for some reason Lord Vader has grown fond of Lars. A fondness, I can assure you, is very much mutual in Lars. They've practically become inseparable over the last few months, and Lars's influence on Lord Vader is nothing to scoff at. There are multiple occasions I could have sworn that he was about to execute some poor sucker when Lars swooped in and defused the situation without breaking a sweat. I could tell you at least three officers aboard the lady who I know owe their lives to Lars, and there are probably many more. Zev looked at him with wide eyes, and while he grimaced in sympathy as his son clearly tried to process the same information it had taken him an entire bottle of something strong to do, he pressed on needing Zev to understand the new hierarchy that he'd be wading into this evening. Zev, he implored his son urgently, I'm not saying you are obligated to like or even respect Lars, but this evening I'm asking you to at least give the boy a chance and be polite, no matter how much you find you dislike him. Zev shot him a betrayed look at that request, but he held up a hand to forestall any protest. You'll see what I mean at the cocktail party tonight, he promised. But I can already tell you this. I have never seen Lord Vader this protective of a single soul before, and the same goes for his men. The 501st, due to the fact that Lars spent considerable effort, resources, and time to improve their fates on the battlefield, revere him to the point that they nearly fought over the privilege to be his bodyguards here. He watched the information sink in with his boy as he sat back, hoping that he'd managed to make Zev understand how severely such a joke would be taken, not by Lars, but by the veritable army of protectors the boy had managed to gather around him in just a few months flat. 
So what you're saying is Lars himself is nice, but the people around him are not, Zev tested out slowly. And it sounds to me like he himself can't be very nice either if that's the kind of people he gathers around him. Theos groaned to himself, damn the boy for having learned to read doublespeak so well, and while he'd normally be right, normally had a nasty habit of not applying to Lars, which is exactly what he said to Zev. Normally you'd be right, he admitted, and I'd applaud you for realizing that. Unfortunately, normally doesn't apply to Lars. Like I said, you'll see what I mean this evening, because I honestly don't know how to explain Lars to you, other than that he's kind to the point that he's even one over Lord Vader and that Lord Vader is highly, fiercely protective of the lad. One good way of permanently getting yourself on Lord Vader's bad side is by threatening Lars in any way, so just to guess, Zev interrupted with a flat look, be polite. Yes. Zev groaned as he rolled his eyes. Fine, but don't expect me to cozy up to the guy. I'm not, Veers responded tersely. I'm expecting that you, for once, Put your Kumpnod training to good use, and don't make any enemies we can't afford, son. Zev gave him a tired look, but nodded as he looked away. He sighed as he sank back in his chair, practically feeling all the years of strife flowing between them in that moment. He rubbed a hand over his face as he looked at his son's tired and melancholic expression. This wasn't right. This week was supposed to be some time for them to reconnect, as the palisade had informed the Mozo sweetly this morning. Son he said softly, regaining Zev's attention. I don't mean to scare or pressure you if... He helplessly gestured a hand between them, hoping he'd gotten the issue that plagued his son right. Any of this, but... I know you have a habit of getting into fiery debates with others on topics so inflammatory they might as well be tinder. All I'm saying with this is to please not pick Lars as your next target. Neither you nor he deserve that. And who knows? he said as he tried for a weak smile. Maybe you'll end up liking him anyway. He's only just a little younger than you. Zev returned his smile just as weakly before turning away again. Yeah, maybe, but don't hold your breath, Dad. The kind of kid who gets Lord Vader's attention isn't likely to be someone who will like me or vice versa, he muttered quietly. At that, Virgil's smile turned into something more genuine. I don't know about that, Zev but I suggest not judging the book by the cover I gave you. He stood up and jerked his head toward the door. Now come on, we still have a few hours before the party and there's a nice restaurant in the palace gardens. Trust me when I say you'll be happy you've got some real food in you when you see what's served at your average imperial cocktail party. And to his relief, his son smiled as he got up. Considering the people who will be there, I think I'll trust your judgment on this one, Dad. Maybe he wasn't completely hopeless after all. The text of this story is available on AO3. Theme music written by Jack Donkadai, Sputnik, and Sam Gabriel. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch with me using the contact information on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you will consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.